to the latest and greatest episode of Eye to Eye, short for Inspired to Inspire, the podcast that is all about uh, way too many welcomes, again, because I'm just out of creative license to start this show. Uh, but other than that, also, uh, you, you know, we're about having uh, open, honest, real conversations about life and faith. And as always, you know, we are willing to boldly go where most folks ain't trying to. Yeah, I uh, I feel really welcome. Well, you should. It's it's your show. I mean, no, just because I said the word welcome my whole lot. Oh. Yeah. We're probably just going to have to keep a nice boring intro from here on out. You know, just uh, I'm just like, hey, welcome, guys, to the latest episode of Eye to Eye, short for. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I feel like this is so lame, but. I mean, as long as you don't do that Mickey Mouse voice that you sent me the other day, because that was not, that was not good. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's why it's, yeah. I think it slaps, bro. That was, uh, it was somehow worse than your Vader. <laughs> Yo, all right. Now you're just being messy. My Vader is actually good. Okay. You drink the Kool-Aid of one doc on Josh Chase, and then all of a sudden you just, y'all just think you know what a real good impersonation is. Y'all don't know impersonations. Come on, man. Okay. Yeah, but whatever. Anyway, my name is Jordan. My name is Devin. And we, of course, are glad to have you with us on this episode. And on this episode, uh, some more fun. It's going to be a good night. We got a lot to talk about. We have uh, we have candy to talk about. We have, um, you know, the the uh, the lack of power in a degree now, apparently. Um, <laughs> we've got to talk about, uh, you know, I mean, just in the, the grand scheme of things, how divorce turns uh, one life into a complete generous adventure um and then overdo things that probably need to i don't know we, we just got a lot to talk about uh anyway Devin, how, how are you doing sir how how's everything yeah things are good i mean we're winding down the year christmas is coming uh i have a lot of pto on the books so hopefully i get to just kind of you know lay low relax a little bit um yeah i'm i'm happy it's a it's the most wonderful time of the year jordan did did you know <laughs> The whiteness. <laughs> no, it, it actually had nothing to do with Christmas. It just had everything to do with the Electoral College putting everything to bed yesterday. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, again, still the whiteness. But yeah, yeah, okay. I, I got you. I got you. I got you. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> and how are you? Uh, oh, man. I am um, I'm a little tired. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I did my, my, my third overnight uh, with the homeless shelter started. And... Uh, for what it's worth, I love it. It's really awesome. Um, but when your body's not used to that and you are no longer in your 20s, you begin to experience something uh, that I, I know I've never experienced before. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it would, it, it would never take me about a good day, day and a half to recover from anything. So, you know, when I did two overnights back to back last week, um, I don't remember anything that really happened until Sunday. Uh, and my, my second, <laughs> my second overnight was Tuesday. So we, we need to figure that out. I may yeah. have done some things that I regret and don't realize it yet. That's tough, but good for you. Good for you. And like doing your, your Lord's work. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm doing the Lord's work. And by the way, people, you can do it too. So if you go there, you are saying <laughs> I know, right? No, get your plug in there. Oh, no, no, it's okay. I was thinking about uh, jumping in there for you and oh, good. and and volunteering. My parents were here this past week, and uh, you know, then with the rise in COVID 
and the fact that I have a high risk father in law living with us. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> I don't think the homeless do a very good job of uh, social distancing. You know, not that it's their fault, but uh, you know, it's it's a little little nerve wracking. Um, I I did want to tell you if <laughs> maybe remember one time years ago I did volunteer with uh, I think it was it was one of the synagogues down in Norfolk. Um, so I had a friend ask me to do it. So I said I would do it. And it was similar type deal where they basically open up the, the temple uh, that night. Um, they come in, they give them a hot meal and they stay there that night. So my job was to go to downtown Norfolk and wait until uh, the homeless people who came got on the bus. And then I had to ride the bus with them over to the temple. And... <laughs> That was that was an experience. There was one guy on the bus, and he was a comedian. This guy was hilarious. And there was a guy. It's usually like two. <laughs> yeah. Well, this bus had one, and the guy directly in front of him apparently kept uh, breaking wind the whole time. <laughs> and so the comedian was just letting him have it for the 15-minute ride from the parking lot of Bob's Gun Shop in downtown Norfolk. <laughs> to the to the temple we went to and good lord my friend was sitting across from me and the two of us we were just trying to be incognito because we're just trying to blend in like you know it's just it the whole thing's just weird when you've never done it and you just don't really know and so we're just kind of got our heads crouched because you know those school buses have very high seats right so our heads are kind of crouched and we're just looking across the aisle at each other just dying with laughter as this guy is just <laughs> roasting this dude who kept farting on the bus. <laughs> He's lighting him up because he was lighting it up. Yeah, he was. And it was oh, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you come across some very interesting things when yeah. you deal with uh, homeless folk. And it's funny because, you know, I, I love doing it. It's, it really is dope. But if I can be perfectly honest with you, I've gotten some of my, my funniest stories or at least some of my most interesting situations out of this. I remember I did it in college one time. We did like an alternative spring break trip. Um, and, you know, I mean, it was it was life-changing, to be honest with you. So let me just say that first. Yeah. You know, I I, I gathered a, a different sense of respect and love for the individuals who, who go through that. You know, some of them, it's really beyond their control for one reason or another. It's not like it was uh, laziness, like, like certain uh, folks would say from time to time. But... Um, was, what was it? Oh, I remember there was there was one lady who was there uh, on that trip specifically, and um, you know some of them they they have some type of mental impairment. You the, there's nothing they can really do about that. You just kind of hope that they get the help that they need. Right. But I didn't know that I had my theology off uh, when I had my conversation with her because <laughs> she had explained to me. Hold on, now, hold on, hold on. This 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 is real. Explained to me that. Uh, James Hetfield was the second coming of Christ. And um, I don't know if you guys know, because we I know we got some black folk that actually listen to to the to this podcast. Uh James Hetfield, let me help you out here, is is the the lead singer of Metallica. And so, <laughs> I mean, she she went in. She went in on this and I had to go back and, and research my scripture so I could get a real clear understanding. Now, of course, heck no. Nah. Uh, James Hetfield is not the second coming of Christ, but she was arguing adamantly. I, I almost believe for like for like two seconds uh, that uh, for me to really get some good praise and worship, 
uh, I had to listen to Enter Sandman or some crap. What would make you think that the guy who sings lyrics of Enter Night, Exit Light wouldn't be the second coming of Christ? <laughs> Probably the Never Never Land part. How is that backward theology? Like, <laughs> oh, it's literally backward theology. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, uh, whatever, man. All right, let's how, how, how are we starting tonight? What, what are we doing here? What's, what's going on? I mean, I, I kind of feel like our personal favorite segment has slowly become the Petty Eddie because every week when we kind of prep for this show, we each have a couple. And uh, that, that kind of happened again. Um, <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. You know, the one I sent to Jordan earlier was basically the <laughs> request by a... Uh, writer for the Wall Street Journal. Um, so his name is Joseph Epstein. And he is basically calling for Jill Biden to drop the doctor from her name. Um, because I guess he doesn't think she should use it because it's a doctor in education. She's not an MD. Um, <laughs> he, he, on the other hand is also in education, but only has a master's. So I kind of feel like he's just feeling inadequate around a woman who's more successful than he is in pretty much every way imaginable. <laughs> and I mean, oh, so Twitter was lighting the guy up pretty good. Um, I believe somebody had said at one point, uh, Oh, it it must be nice to be you living back in the fifties when we didn't have to respect women. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, oh man, that's that's not good. What's weird to me is like this guy writes for the Wall Street Journal. Like, do you need to write nonsense for people to give you the clicks? Like, how shameless are you exactly? Because this is just pointless. Like, what does this actually do? What what are you adding to society by requesting this? I can't figure it out. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I I didn't really listen to it. Uh, the because I think I heard a story. My, my father-in-law watches HLN in the mornings, um, and I think I read like two snippets of an article, but I just I didn't want to. And then of course you have to bring it up. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, I guess I can check this out. Um, but yeah, I just I I don't understand the the fear and the insecurity. Uh, that comes from that. Like, uh, yeah, we can call this a petty Eddie because I mean, it really is. It doesn't, it it doesn't be last last episodes by any means. No, it's, no, it's those, those are all timers. <laughs> yeah, those. Good God, like that's that's going in the Hall of Fame. Um, Shouts out to you, people from Cabo. Stay home, guys. <laughs> stay home and wash your hands. While I stay on this beach. Uh, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know, man. It's just like I I had to revisit. What was it? What was that movie that, that came out? Some time ago, uh, Pleasantville was that was that the joint? Oh wow! Yeah, some yeah, time man. ago. Yes, that was some time ago. It was. It really, really was. But that was like one of the first things that came into my head. You know, just the the scene where the the husband comes home and he's just like, "Honey, I'm home." And then, like for like forty five minutes to like an hour, he's like, "Where's my dinner?" <laughs> and I recall myself. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I did this on our podcast before. So you know what? Call it a broken record. But really, if we're gonna put ourselves in this situation and you have the audacity to come out your mouth, feel like you have some type of superiority to be able to make. I don't care if it's an op-ed. I don't care if it's an editorial. You want to make some outlandish statement like, 
this woman can't be a doctor just because she's serving in a different role. Um, and, and for what it's worth, I don't, I don't really care about his explanation. You know, if, if, if the shoe was on the other foot talking about a man, uh, coming into the office and, and, and he was a doctor, which by the way, I don't Has any, any president ever been a doctor? I'm curious. Um, like, I feel like, like there were some that might, there might've been a physician or something like that down like way back when, but I don't know for certain, I guess that's something I'd have to look up. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. My, my, my point <laughs> ultimately is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how we just automatically assume that it's safe to make a statement like this. And, you know, for what it's worth, I don't know if this New York Times cat actually reads his Bible, but we're in the middle of, you know, Christmas and the Advent season. And one of the stories that I've heard frequently over the past couple of weeks is, is Luke chapter one, the birth narrative. And it's hilarious to me because in that joint, we have two individuals specifically that end up talking to angels. Uh, one is, is a high priest um, who, you know, if for, for what it's worth, uh, is 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 well favored in the sight of the Lord, uh, and you know has done all these other things, and and you know it's trustworthy because back in the day, if you were somebody who went inside of the holy of holies and you weren't really who you said you were, you were probably um, shot dead in the temple, and they had to drag you out with a rope. True story. Um, so he didn't get killed, so he must have been who he said he was. Well, that, that's that's all all the reason why I say that. The other person is a little young, 13, 14, 15 year old girl. And uh, pretty sure that she's not seasoned by any means uh, to the point of, of, of actually still being a virgin. And one of them, after speaking with said angel, gets their mouth shut. And the other one goes on to pretty much define the most historical moment uh, for any believer in, in, in life. And, and guess which one is which? This is my whole point. You know, we contextualize here, and I'm looking at this guy who has the audacity to come out of his mouth yet. And like, you know, Dr. Jill Biden is 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 no blessed virgin by any means. But at the same time, though, she is one who has really fought to accomplish some things and to have that denigrated or degraded or whatever you want to call it because somebody just has an opinion based off of whatever mindset and whatever mentality that that they bring to the table. No, I just, I, I can't allow that. So this this goes a touch beyond a petty eddy for me. And again, not nothing like last episode, but but this is this is something where I just, I recognize in myself, this is exactly why America is in the state it's in concerning right. its women. Like this is that conversation. I know I just usurped the whole platform. I don't care right now. Uh, this is that conversation that we had on Facebook. What was it, like a month or some change ago where they, uh, they did a comparison with LeBron and Sue Bird. Oh, you mean one of our first major disagreements? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, you know, it was just like, because LeBron made such and such amount, you know, and for being MVP, and Sue Bird made such and such amount for being MVP. And, and then everybody's like, well, she's a woman, so she's not supposed to make but so much. And, you know, they only get so much money and all this stuff. And I'm like, no one said that because she's a woman, she shouldn't get paid as much. Oh, yeah, no, somebody did. Well, not only that, if, but one of the people who did say it is the father of at least one daughter. And I was like, I feel bad for your kid, yo. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I feel bad for your kid, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm serious, man. It's, right. it's not biblical when it comes down to it. I'm no, not going to do a whole, it's just, and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry, because I'm, I'm a rant on that because, you know, and not just that, but from a culture standpoint, 
And I, I was trying to explain to him. I was like, okay, so the WNBA has been around, what, 25 years or so? Uh, Yeah, probably. You would think by that time, um, you know, there would be kind of an increase on what they'd be able to make. And and to be fair, yeah, no, Sue's probably still not making as much as, as LeBron when it comes down to it. But she's definitely making more than she's making now. And the proof is in the pudding when somebody can go overseas and by, by that somebody, I mean another woman who plays professional basketball can go overseas and make millions, millions, but come over here and be an all-star and be the MVP and be a champion and still only see not even a fraction considerably of what your average player in the NBA is going to make. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's apples and oranges, though. Like, I mean, we can have this conversation from from a, a business standpoint. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly on the woman's standpoint. Like, the fact is, is that this guy would have never said that if Joe Biden was a doctor entering the White House. He's exactly. only going to say it about the woman which is just hilarious. Uh, by the way, Woodrow Wilson wa- had a PhD. Uh, only president that it looked like had a PhD. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. But no, the reason why, and this is an interesting conversation. So like people talk about why uh, the Miami Marlins do not produce uh, any type of revenue like the Yankees might. Um, and it's not really because that they're, they're losers per se. They've won two World Series in the last 20 years. Like they've had good teams, right? But the reason why is because there's so many other options to do in Miami. So you don't go to a baseball game. So here in the States, there are so many other options and so many things vying for your time and your dollars and your your eyes and your view to go ahead and watch that the WNBA just happens to be very low on people's list of something to like must-see TV. When you're talking about overseas, basketball is much more embraced overseas as kind of the main sport, especially in like Europe and uh, in parts of Asia, uh, along with soccer. But they don't have the NFL and they don't have all these other things vying for their attention. So it would make sense that a female basketball team might be more intriguing over there. Much like over here, you have to watch when Serena plays. (laughs) Like, Like you have to. People had to watch when Ronda was fighting. It's not to say that it's simply a woman issue. It just simply has to do with the amount of of intriguing options that you might otherwise have. It's very difficult, even for other you know sports. Like look at the look at soccer. Soccer is the the most popular game in the world. Period. You you can't really argue that. Sure. But but in in the states, nobody watches it. <laughs> So, so that would be like saying it's not fair for these guys over here in the MLS to not get paid what Beckham got paid over in, in Europe. Well, no, that's just because the, they just don't have the same audience. And unfortunately, when you're dealing with something that's entertainment and basketball, football, regardless of, of how loyal you want to take it or how li- you know, live or die you want to take it, it is entertainment. And so you're only going to be compensated based on the level of of eyes watching you and you know people actually consuming the product um it's currently supplemented by the nba as far as i know the wnba has actually been 
uh, a revenue loser pretty much yeah. since its existence. It's supplemented by the NBA. I mean, if anything, the NBA is doing everything they can to promote some sort of equality because otherwise that league wouldn't even exist on its own. So, so I hear what you're saying. Oh, um, yeah. it, there is this sexist thing. I know that people are like, well, I'm not watching it because it's women. Well, that's a different discussion <laughs> because I can exactly. watch female golfers. Michelle Wee is incredible to watch. Annika Sorenstam was incredible to watch. Uh, Serena, we've already mentioned, was is incredible to watch. She's probably more fun to watch play tennis than the men are. Um, She's the nanny. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, do I watch the NBA? No. Uh, have I watched the NBA? I have. It, it's just not something that's going to necessarily buy for, for my attention or my time. And, but it has nothing to do with them being women. <laughs> this episode of eye to eye is brought to you by janique locks if you're looking to get started there's no better place she specializes in all kinds dreadlocks micro locks sister locks lock extensions instant locks interlocking and more if you're in the 757 please don't hesitate to contact her you can find her on instagram at janique locks that's g-e-n-i-q-u-e-l-o-c-s janique locks or you can find her at her website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. All right, let's go ahead and start this podcast, man. This is a public service announcement from the Urban Renewal Center in Norfolk. Unleashing the power of your generosity includes doing your part in four key areas. Time, talents, gifts, service. There is still a great opportunity to do all of these with our Nest Winter Shelter Partnership. Though many slots have been covered, we still need your help. The City of Norfolk and the Department of Health have allowed us to increase our capacity from 25 guests to 40, which is great news, and all the more the reason to boost our manpower. If you're in the 757 and able, consider one of the slots available on our sign-up page. If you are absolutely not able, but have other means of support, we still need clothes, desserts, bottles of water, donations, etc. If you're able, simply respond by going to www.burcnorfolk.com forward slash nest 2020 or email vurcserves at gmail.com. Thank you for continuing to do your part. Awaken Society, B-U-R-C, Norfolk. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree to disagree. I'll say it's half and half. I'll, I'll give you that. It definitely is. That That's fair. Uh, but at the same time, it's both because it's that mindset also that keeps people from watching it sometimes as yeah. well. And, you know, I mean, for what it's worth, again, this is this is the system that we're talking about here. Dang, how Petty Eddie just turned into this conversation. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it is. I, I think that it is the system ultimately because if they don't have that mindset, I mean, I'll put it to you this way. Let me just use the card of all cards and, and you can't challenge it. What if... Kobe Bryant still alive and was doing everything he was doing, especially to pave the way for Gigi. Think about where the WNBA would, would most likely be in the next, like, you know, 10 to 12 years. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that much time. 
yeah. you know, with somebody like him coming in and really making sure that the opportunities were going to present themselves, and they were, and everything that he was going to advocate for, you know, and that's that's the whole piece in it. You know, he wasn't coaching boys' teams. He was coaching girls' teams. Right. You know, Mamba Academy was geared for that kind of thing. And, you know, I mean, maybe it's just because he only had daughters. Who knows what would have, what would have happened if he had a son? But the fact of the matter is it was kind of setting itself up and you could see it. And then, of course, when he passes away, it became very obvious. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, I just I, I just th- there are too many nuances for me to sit up here and not question whether or not ideologically that mindset piece is still playing a bigger part than anybody wants to give it credit for. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll, I'll leave that there. Well, basketball is an interesting case study anyway because you know, especially being a, a huge NBA fan, you know, it's my my favorite sport. That's not common for a lot of people, especially people who are my age or older than me. Most people would gravitate maybe toward NFL or even baseball. Um, but those two games are very much about, uh, you know, team. They're not about player. NBA is very much about player. And the reason why that's very obvious is because, the league completely shifted in the 80s when Magic and Bird came along and basically Stern leveraged these dynamic yeah, yeah. players who were entertaining. And then, of course, Michael, and then Shaq, and then Kobe, and and now we've got, you know, LeBron, and we've got Giannis and Curry. It's always about the individual. Don't and Harden. Oh, get out of here. What a whiner that guy is. Get me out of Houston. So I, just, I just had to do it. Jeez Louise, that guy. Uh, anyway... It's, it's interesting because I, I do think that there was some level of interest in watching the NBA or the WNBA like when Lisa Leslie was playing um, or okay. when the gal who, uh, what was her name, uh, the one who came out of Baylor and like she could dunk. Um, oh, Britt. Britt, yeah. When she yeah, was playing. Like, she's a monster still, yo. There, right, but there's like, there's a level of interest based on the players, but, and, and this could simply be the media as well, not highlighting some of the personalities, but like when we talk about somebody like Serena or Rhonda, you know, these, these people who the general audiences, men have gravitated toward watching. It's because of the personalities that they are like, they're not only are they incredible talents at what they're doing, but their personalities are, are completely magnetic. I don't know how true that is of, of WNBA stars. Um, I think if there was somebody who was that dynamic and yet yeah, Kobe might've been able to kind of, help usher that in um but ultimately you kind of need the personalities and i don't know if that's something that's just kind of washed out of of the female athletics or or the female team sports whereas in male team sports you can still have these guys who are kind of outlandish <laughs> kind of have the cornerback or wide receiver types i, I don't know if that's true because again we're talking about the the female sports that drew audiences were in individual sports they weren't team sports Okay, that's uh, that's also fair. I mean, and I'll also say, and we probably got to park it because this was a petty Eddie. Uh, that uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I've I've known a lot of female athletes, um, and it, uh, definitely a lot of uh, women basketball players, and you know, they can be characters just as much, bro. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I mean, again, it's just it, it is about that exposure, and I think that's what it is. Eventually, somebody has to help out, open a door, whatever the case may be. And and who knows, maybe somebody else will come along. Maybe Bron. Bron has a daughter. Okay, so when she's a monster in about 18 <laughs> years, let's, let's see what happens. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll call that that. And then also, we'll give the uh, honorary Petty Eddie 
uh, what, what's his name? Uh, to <laughs> good God, the 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 president and CEO of uh, Dunkin' Donuts Oof. Uh, for giving his quality staff members who are essential workers um, a box of candy to <laughs> thank them and appreciate them for all their work. So thank you for being Scott's a frontline worker in 2020 with all the challenges. Here's a box of candy. Yeah, trick or treat, people. Trick or treat. Yeah, his uh, his employees were, uh, needless to say, not overly impressed with that and kind of roasted him uh, a bit. Um, and there was some backlash there. I mean, I it will never <laughs> fail to amuse and amaze me at the utter lack of awareness that people have. Like, this guy <laughs> is worth, I think he's also a billionaire. And made billions by selling his brand to a larger brand, right? And the the best he can do is is hand out like a box of and it literally looked like fun sized Halloween candy. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. I'm pretty sure it was actually from Halloween as well. Yeah, and get that good discount. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. That's that's it's again it's impressive to me and not in a good way to to witness how just basically uh, basic some people's thought processes are when it comes to being able to sympathize and empathize with with experience. Um, what was it? I was listening to something the other day where uh, apparently there's one Disney family member who is not like the others and is giving them the business uh, <laughs> because of, you know, just how everything has happened and, and just transitioned over the past few decades. Where initially, if you worked at, at at a Disney World or a Disneyland, like you actually got salary, you got a pension, you got all these other things, and you were able to really make a life and a living out of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she was saying she she didn't she did a TED talk. I can't remember like her first name right now. I'll try and find it in a second. But um, she was saying that uh, she went one day because you know she's part of the family. She gets free passes all the time, and she went up to the the ticket gate. And, you know, she said, oh, yeah, this is me. She showed her ID. And the lady who was working there came back and gave her the tickets and had a note attached to it and said, you have to help us. And I was like, Mm. sorry, what? And so eventually what she does is she sits them down. She does this uh, focus group or something. And she, she asks the question. She's like, how many of you individuals in here are working yet still receiving, uh, I think she said, like food stamps? And everybody in there raised their hand. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, like, yeah. that's it's not what you think about the happiest place on earth. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it's hey. it's that deunionization of America where yeah. the employees no longer mattered as much as the bottom line. And that shift that happened in the 70s and 80s when shareholders opinions became more important than the people who actually worked for you, mm-hmm. that exactly. all of that stuff went out the window. And and what's funny is like you have this empowerment of how can we make the rich richer, like these protections. Like let's not even talk about who received PPP money. Like every organization, like all you had to do was just raise your hand and basically you were given this money without any kind of oversight or any type of qualifications. Here comes the money and let's not pretend like that wasn't true of plenty of churches that are doing just fine throughout this time as well. Uh, um, you're not going to say it, are you? Uh, I just found I mean, that one today. Um, yeah. Objectively. 
Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> can look up. Listen, first. one of the things that one of the things that the Democrats were able to get attached to the CARES Act was the ability to release the names of anybody, any company, any business, any nonprofit that requested PPP money. So if you want to look up who received what, you can. So we don't need to go through all that right now. Just know that you can look it up and you can see what happened. And there are plenty of businesses who made money. And, you know, the, the billionaires in this country have made a ton of money this year. Meanwhile, the people of this country have been completely left behind. I mean, I know people in my neighborhood who are considering having to, to sell their house because their jobs aren't what they were nine months ago and they may never come back. And that's something that a lot of people, probably a lot of people in middle America have experienced. Um, you know, plenty of people in Manhattan have experienced. And if you don't kind of go outside your own little bubble, um, you might not think that that's actually what's happening. Um, I myself have been super fortunate that I have not been affected economically. Um, but that that's not to say that I just ignore the fact that other people might be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's likewise for me, you know, I, I'm coming out of 2020 with a raise and, and a bunch of blessings for just, you know, saying yeah and being obedient to what God was telling me. It yeah. also came with a whole lot more headache, but it's, it's been worth it. Uh, but no, I was saying that because you you just made mention of, of being able to look. Um, and so I'll just encourage people uh, not necessarily to go look specifically, but apparently there's a church that got over $4 billion uh, in, in, in PPP and other million. advantageous, million. uh, a million, okay, million. Probably a million. I don't know. I, maybe I'm over-exaggerating because I'm just ticked off at the fact that <laughs> a church that is doing quite well, yes. uh, was able to still get 4 million in the middle of all of this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, uh, way to go Dunkin' Donuts, uh, CEO, you <laughs> get the honorary petty Eddie that again, it's just uh, whatever. That's anyway, not whoa, whoa. to say that there aren't people out there who are doing good things with their money. So this is very true. So Domino's pizza just announced that their frontline workers will get a holiday bonus of $1,200. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. So, you know, and that's, that's what Dunkin' Donuts should have done, you know, and I, I hate to be the guy that like harps on generosity like you, you see these people jump on athletes a lot, right? Like someone will sign a hundred million dollar contract and then they give a hundred thousand dollars to like a local school and they're like, oh, that's all you gave. And it's like, come on now. Like, <laughs> don't well, jump I mean, on I someone for charity. <laughs> It'd be fair if you're talking about Mello, because you know, Mello just, he might've given a hundred thousand dollars to charity, but he just gave $500,000 to his mouth. Did you see that diamond grill he got? Yeah, but listen, listen, Jordan, in the immortal what? words of Patrick Ewing, Okay, we make a lot, but we spend a lot too. <laughs> and that makes everything right. Thank you, sir. Continue. Yeah, yeah go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Uh, no, but I mean, the, so there are people who, who get it. Like the Domino's pizza guy, he gets it, right? He's like, okay, I'm going to take care of my people. And there's somebody else who gets it. The 18th most wealthy person in the world gets it. Jordan, you want to tell us a little bit about who that person might be? Ah, man. Okay, Newly so single, a, uh, yeah, <laughs> ready to uh, mingle. Yeah, I was about to say, if, <laughs> if somebody's uh, out there and looking, um, there we, we may have the woman for you. Yeah. Yes, we do. Uh, no, Mackenzie Scott. Um, and if you're not sure who she is, she is uh, the ex-wife of one, number one billionaire 
in or richest man in the world, Jeff <laughs> Bezos, uh, from from Amazon. And so, yes, yeah, she apparently we we found out has has been on a bit of a a rampage, but not the <laughs> yes. usual rampage you would expect somebody with that kind of money to be on. She is legitimately. Uh, turned herself into a, a philanthropic monster. Uh, and over the past, uh, what, two, three months, has given anywhere in the odds of, God, it was like... I think it was like $4 billion. Oh, there's there's my billion. There's your I'm billion. Sorry. There's your billion. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't the, 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 the PPP. Yeah, she did not give $4 billion to one church. <laughs> I don't know if she'd give it to any church, but yeah, nonetheless. So she's given it, uh, yeah, again, over four point. Uh, something million dollars to all of these different organizations, like uh, an amassment, like dozens of organizations. And and one of the ones that stands out was she actually gave 40 million. Was it 40 or four? I think it was 40. She gave to like, it's like 360 different places, I believe. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got it. We've we so many stories. We, we're just trying to catch up as a, it's been it's been a while, uh, but yeah. So she gives it to one of the HBCUs uh, in Maryland, um, Morgan State University, and so you know I'm I'm just I'm kind of wondering like was she just all willy nilly or was she strategic? Was she just the whole joint? <laughs> like <laughs> you get a million dollars, you get a million dollars, everybody gets a million dollars. You get a doctorate, and you get a doctorate, even though you might not be able to use it if you become a first lady, but you get a doctorate. Engineering by Devin Chandler. Editing and production, Jordan Brown. Digital media and graphics, Alyssa Wise. Interface and program relations, Delmar Gibbs. Thanks again for listening to the latest and greatest episode. Please don't forget to follow us on FB, Inspired One Enterprises. On Insta, at I underscore the number two underscore I podcast. And of course, Please subscribe to your favorite podcast platform, download, rate, review, and share. Be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. Thank you once again for all your support. Keep rocking. Peace.